0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Cersosimo, and you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? A lot of tournaments, a lot of things going on in the tennis world right now um including ATP 500s, ATP 250s all over the world. You got them in Russia, you got them in Spain, you got them everywhere, right? Um I think one's going back to Italy everywhere. Tournaments everywhere galore. Players are winning, players are losing and we're going to cover it all right here in this episode of Believe in the ATP Tour with Jacob Sersasimo. And first I'm going to start at Saint Petersburg in Russia. Um I'll, Pretty good lineup. We had Medvedev was in there as the one seed. And then it goes Shapo, Rublev, Khachanov, Vavrinka, Rejonic, Chorich, Taylor Fritz. Um, I expected Vavrinka to have a better showing um, at this tournament. He ended, up, he ended up losing in the third round to Denis Shapovalov, Uh Straight set, 6-4, 7-5. Uh, he didn't really play in the U.S. Open. Uh, had a mediocre clay court season. And I kind of expected him to be a little bit better. But then maybe he's just taking this year off without taking this year off. And what I mean by that is he is playing in these tournaments, but mentally maybe he's just not there, nor does he maybe – not care as much just because of everything going on. There's a pandemic, all of that. Maybe he just, you know, isn't in the swing of things and that's really affected him in a bad way. Also, I saw that he separated with this coach, his longtime coach, that it could also be um, a downfall for Vavrinka. Um, Rayonich had a really good tournament. Uh, he ended up making it to the quarters. Nope, to the semis, excuse me, where he played Borna Cioric. Uh Rayonich had a good showing in New York but not a very good clay court showing. Um, But, you know, this is hard court again. He played Chorich. The final of this one was Andre Rublev versus Borna Chorich. And it was a good final. Um, Straight sets, though. 7-6 and 5 in the tiebreaker, and then 6-4 for Andre Rublev. Andre Rublev has won 34 of his last 41 matches of 2020, right? Like, unbelievable. The guy's playing... Insane. He also has four wins in 2020. The only other person to have four wins is Novak Djokovic, and he's won two out of his last three tournaments. I mean, Rublev is playing out of his mind, and Rublev's always been really good, right? But he hits the ball so dang hard that there's a little bit more room for air, right? If he hit the ball a little bit harder, there's a little bit more room for air, and he just hasn't really been getting into his swag, getting into his game very well. And the way it looks here... He is into his game, and he is playing really well. He reminds me a lot of uh, Stefano Sitsipas, where when they're on, they're really, really, really hard to beat. But when they're off, you can, anybody can beat them, right? And the difference between them and any other player, like you could say, well, you know, when anybody's really on, they'll you can beat them, and then they can beat on any day. Yeah, I get that. But these two have a level that when they're on... Like, nobody can beat them. And it's more consistent than other people, right? Like, Nick Kyrgios has days where, like, he is on, on, and nobody can beat him. But those are few and far in between. Rublev and Boss have them, I would say, 60% of the time where they're just on, on. And that's hard to be, right? Unless you're the big three. I mean, I swear to God, they're on all the time. But nevertheless, that's the kind of player Rublev is. And he's really, really good. And I think for the world to start seeing him play really, really good is not only really beneficial for his game, but also really beneficial for the sport to have another Russian play this well. Um, Another Russian I want to talk about is Daniil Medvedev, he was the two seed in this tournament. Or the one seed, excuse me, in this tournament. He ends up losing to Riley Opelka in three sets. Um had a little bit of a meltdown there. I believe he smashed his racket after he shook hands with Opelka. Um Medvedev known to do stuff like that. Uh but Riley Opelka, two big guys going after it here. Two guys over the over well over six feet tall. Um, I believe that Daniil Medvedev's over six six you Know six five, six six, and Opelka is like 6'10 or something crazy like that. But two big serves, a um, little shocked that Opelka got to beat Medvedev in St. Petersburg. But hey, that's why you play these tournaments. So St. Petersburg goes to the Russian, and that's going to go to Borna Chorich. Let's move on to Cologne, and that is there's two Colognes, and the first Cologne in Germany was won by the German Alexander Medvedev, and that was an ATP two fifty. In that tournament was, you know, Batista Agut, uh, FAA Bino Pierre, uh, you know, not great Marin Cilic was the eight, not great players, but you know, good enough players. And that one went from October twelfth to the eighteenth. And Sverav seemed like he walked right through that one, wins that one cologne two same thing. Sferaev wins this one in the final 6-2 6-1 against uh Diego Schwartzman. This one goes the 19th to the 25th. So literally back-to-back tournaments uh in Cologne, Germany, and they literally they're literally labeled on um on the ATP's app, Cologne 1, Cologne 2. So literally back-to-back, one day apart. Um you know, I'm sure different sponsorships and different tournaments, they just want to have it in a bubble blah 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 whatever. Sferaev goes one seed into the last one. He wins that one. Uh there were some better players in this tournament. Uh, Chapo, FAA, was in it again. Um, Schwartzman, that's about it. Um, but decent players in each. Marin Chilich is the ninth seed in this one also. But uh, the person that really sticks out in this one is Diego Schwartzman. Diego Schwartzman's having an incredible year. Uh, I like to relate Diego Schwartzman's 2020 to Medvedev's 2019, where every, people know who they are, but they really just come on the scene and play lights-out tennis. And that's the kind of tennis that... Diego Schwartzman is playing here in 2020, and it shows at the U.S. Open. It shows at the French Open. It shows – maybe not at the U.S. Open. I believe, actually, he lost round one. It shows at the French Open. um, You know, it shows in Rome when he ends up beating – Rafael Nadal goes on to play Djokovic. Like, Diego Schwartzen's having an incredible year, and I wouldn't be surprised if he wins, like, the ATP's most improved player of the year, just because of the way he's played this year. And you can give that to a lot of players. Yannick Sinner's played really well. Uh, Hugo Humpert, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But there's a lot of players that have really shown some promise this year. Um, you know, Alexander Medvedev. But those aren't most improved. Most improved is someone who, you know, maybe hasn't played the greatest Um, or it really hasn't shown their true colors or even breaks the top 10. And he's done that Rublev and Diego Schwartzman. I think more Diego Schwartzman has done that here in 2020. And I'm telling you, Diego Schwartzman, put it on your calendar because that is a name to know. And that's going to be a household name in tennis. If it's not already. And it's incredible. The guy's five, seven in a sport that just keeps getting taller and taller and taller and more powerful and more powerful. This guy at five, seven can really do some damage. Uh, Zverev, back to Zverev. He wins Cologne. Um, it's good for Zverev to start winning tournaments like this. I know it's only an ATP 250, but he needs to win tournaments like this to build his confidence for the bigger tournaments. You saw him at the US Open. There were a few matches before he actually found his stride, before he was, um, you know, comes on to either win it or in the final, unfortunately lose it in the fifth set. But It seems like he gets tight and nervous, so the more finals this guy can get into, I think the better off he's going to be in the future, and the better off he's going to be in the big moments at the Grand Slams, and I think another thing is, like, he's ranked number one, right, in both these tournaments. They're 250s, not a big deal, but he also needs to be ahead and stay ahead and feel that he's ahead, because... When he comes in as the underdog, it's kind of this new generation. When they all come in as the underdog, you look at Shapo, you look at team, you look at Sverev. Yeah, they're top 10. Shapo's not, but most of them are top 10 players. The Rublev, the Medvedev, the Tsitsipas. um, They're all top 10 players, but they're still underdogs because the big three is still there. Right? Every time they're in a tournament, they're an underdog because somebody in the big three is in that tournament. So... For these guys to make these finals and start winning more of these tournaments, they're only going to get more comfortable once they get in the Grand Slams and on the big stage against the best three players to ever play this game in Rafa, Roger, and Novak. Speaking of young players, let's head over to Antwerp in Belgium, and the European Open happened there, and whoa, was this tournament young. I mean, you look at some of the seeds in it. Let's look at the top five seeds even, um, Gafin, Karina Busta, uh, not necessarily super young, but Hachinov, Dimitrov, Rayonich, um, Fritz, and De Manure. But those guys might not be the youngest in the league, but then you move a little bit towards the final, and in the final is Hugo Humbert and Alex De Manure. The French is playing the Australian, and Hugo Humbert, not ranked in this tournament, beats the two seed Carino Busta in the second round, and then just rolls to the finals, but almost loses to. Daniel Evans in the semis and he had to save four match points in the over three hour match in the semis to beat Daniel Evans and um, he is just the fourth player this season to save a match point in route to a tour level title um, via atptour.com I mean Hugo Humbert 22 years old this guy is playing a 21 year old Alex Minaur in the final and he beats him in two sets 6-1 7-6 and 4 in the tiebreaker I mean Hugo Humbert He played in the next gen not too long ago. Um, He's one of those guys you need to remember along with Yannick Sinner. I talk about Yannick Sinner all the time in this podcast, but you need to look at Hugo Humbert because this guy, he's a lefty. Um, He doesn't remind me of Rafa, but you know, hitting from that left side is definitely a side um, that throws a lot of people off because there's way more righties in the game than there is lefties. So just another guy to really, you know, keep your radar on and, He's also a little scrappy of a player. So he'll be able to run around and beat some of these older guys with their legs. And I'm not saying Damon Manure's an older guy, neither is Carino Busta, but I'm just saying these younger players, as they come onto the scene here, they're doing a really good job of staying in points. And I think the more patience that comes up through this next generation, the better off they're going to be. In these bigger tournaments, um, let's go to Vienna. We're gonna head over to Vienna and see who's in that tournament. Obviously, it's Novak Djokovic. If you haven't read any of the headlines yet, Novak is obviously a favor in this tournament. Um, this can be a good tournament. It's also an ATP 500. Um, this one's in Austria. Oh, I put Vienna in Italy earlier. Remember, when I said, "Oh, there's tournament might be a tournament in Italy." Uh, I got that wrong with Venice. That's my fault. That's the most American thing I could have done on this podcast in an international podcast. I truly apologize. Let's look at some of the seeds in here. 1-seed Djokovic, 2-seed team. 3-seed Tsitsipas, 4-seed Medvedev, 5-seed Rublev. That's a Russian-Russian. 6-seed uh, Schwartzman. 7-seed Gael Monfils. Good to see Monfils back in tournaments here. And 8-seed uh, Chapo. Stan Vavrinka is also in this tournament, and he is not seeded. Actually, Yannick Sinner plays Casper Rude first round. Yannick Sinner is a wild card. This tournament starts on the 26th. Of October. Um, if Vavrinka wins first round, he'll play Dominic Team. Check out these first round matches. Dominic Team is playing Kai Nisha first round. Now I know Nisha got hurt. But that's going to be a really good first round. Casper Rude is playing Yannick Sinner first round. That's going to be a good first round. Alex Minaur is playing Daniil Medvedev first round. That's going to be a good first round match. Felix Ogier Aliassim is playing Vasek Pospisil first round. That's going to be a really good match. Gael Manfis is playing Pablo Carino Busta first round. That's going to be a really good match. Dimitrov and Hachinaov are playing each other first match. That's going to be a good match. Sitsipas is playing Struff. Remember Struff had a good showing at the US Open? That's going to be a good match. Um, Then the rest aren't going to be that good. But those are a lot of thick first round matches that are going to be good first round matches. Um, My prediction for this tournament, I don't want to be like the most mainstream human ever, but... Novak Djokovic, I think, is probably going to win this tournament. If I had to pick someone outside of Novak, I am going to go for like a wild card. I'm going to probably go after team um, just because he's had a really good season. Um, I'd love to go for like a Medvedev or Shapo. I just not sure if I can do that right now. Uh, I'm not sure if I have the confidence, but this tournament is loaded. I mean, look at those names in there. The top eight itself, Chapo, Manfee, Schwartzman, Rublev, Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Team, Joker, Uh, Yannick Sinner's in it, Casper Rude's in it, Vavrinka's in it, Pospisil, FAA, I mean, Kevin Anderson's in it. There's some big names, Karino Busta, in this tournament. Um, My prediction, yep, I'm going to go there with Novak, but if I have to pick uh, someone else other than Novak, I'm going to go team, because I feel like it's boring to always pick the top guys. Um, Some other things I want to talk about in this podcast as we wrap this up here. Uh, Julia Gorges, um, Julia Georges, some people call her. um, Matters how you say her last name, is retired. She announced her retirement, uh, an incredible career there. At the age of 31, she retires, steps away from the game. And here's what she did in her career. She had 15 years on the WTA Tour, 12 WTA Finals and uh, a top 10 player at one point in her career. Um, Outstanding career by Jules. Um, I got to watch her play at the U.S. Open last year. Class act, really good. Scrappy player, fun to watch. Um, If you look at the WTA, they also had Caroline Wozniacki, who's only 30 years old. She retired this year. Two great women's players on the women's side, and very hardworking scrappy players retired this year in the women's game, and they are not that old. Like, they just reached their 30s. You look at Serena, who's in her high 30s. Um, Some of the people that are that age as well is Azarenka. You look at Petra Kvitova, Angeline Kerber, um, that are still playing in the game. But no reason to my knowledge of why she retired. But nevertheless, she is a retired woman. This is just something I saw on the ATP Tour. I'm going to talk about the highest win percentage Uh, Amongst ATP players, 83.25% at the top is Rafa. Just behind him at 83.11% is Novak. And then at 82-point whatever is Roger. And then in the 77 percentile is Andy Murray. And the 71 percentile is Del Potro. The biggest takeaway from this, uh, Rafa and Novak are very close in the win percentage. And Roger is not far behind. But all three of those players are far ahead of Andy Murray and Juan Martín Del Potro. And between all of these players, the ATP says that they've played 4286 matches. Um absolutely incredible to be still watching these yeah, these five players, Juan Martín Del Potro hopefully get back soon and Andy Murray had a little setback again but hopefully gets back. But nevertheless, the big 3 to still be able to watch them dominate on the court absolutely amazing um that'll do it for this podcast once again you can reach out to me at Jacob or um both on instagram and twitter or you can reach out to at believe podcast b-l-e-a-v that is their handle both on instagram and twitter and uh believe.com you can find any podcast for anything make sure to check them out at Believe at believe.com if you like the bachelor they got it if you like sports they got it if you like anything other than that boom they got it. Check out at believe.com. Once again, thanks for listening. Um, If you're in America, don't forget to vote. November 3rd is coming up. You can vote early. My ballot is in. Um, And just remember to get out there and vote. Always stay safe. There's a global pandemic. Be safe out there. Keep your family safe. Keep your friends safe. Um, Take care of yourself and wear a mask.